Chaplin. <laughs> Welcome to the market. Hi. Go ahead and park it. Hope that you are starving. Debbie Roots Deep got me thinking it's a parsnip. Every week I get knowledge to go. A year before everyone, how did they know? Figuring how they go college to pros. I pop it on listen and now I'm the pro. I'm still trying to grow. And they do the same. Hundreds of teams, too many to name. And yet they are filtering everything. Only the best, Shane Hallaman Kane. Marketplace, marketplace. Debbie is everything, marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Market Marketplace, marketplace, Debbie is everything marketplace. Finding the talent is art, I'd say. I leave it to them while I carve my name. Hey, welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Debbie Marketplace Podcast. Kane, Shane, and Ellie back with you again. Obviously, we are big supporters of football, just like our girl Taylor Swift showing up to football this past weekend. We are yeah. showing up to the podcast studio to talk about football. I know Nelly did not want me to talk about Taylor Swift, but this is what happens. Yeah, no, no hard feelings to Taylor Swift. It's just like, don't, don't come after me, all the Swifties that listen to this. But like, football was like the one isolated event in my life that was Taylor Swiftless, and now she's infiltrated that. What else? I think do you, you do just in need your to life? listen yeah. to better music. I don't think she's in the lacrosse scene. I think you're yeah, safe there. Yeah, I was going to say, they blaring Taylor Swift to your lax games? Yeah, all the time in the locker room. <laughs> I think I think you're safe watching soccer. You don't think, think Taylor seems like she would love soccer. Yeah, but she's not showing up to a game in box seats, so I think you're safe there. Also, she cussed on national television. It was Good very inappropriate. Get good. Good. Let it happen. All right, Swifties are going to come after you. Mainly me and Shane because we're both. Yeah, Swifties. look, I, I went to the Airs tour. I'm, I'm in. It was, it was awesome. I missed out on tickets and I didn't want to pay a thousand dollars. So. Very fair. Uh, but will you be at the movie, Shane? The movie comes out next month. Yeah, I probably not. So I don't know if I can call myself a real fan. Yeah, fair. You only went to the concert, not the uh, recording of the concert. Right. Uh, but let's let's get into it here. So we got a packed full show. We're still going to do what we normally do in the first first part of the show. But then we're also going to do a Devi mock draft. Um, we're four weeks in. Uh, this is a third of the season. We're just going to dive in and, and do a new mock draft and kind of see where things are now. And uh, we got definitely have some risers. We definitely have some fallers. Um, so curious to see how that shakes up. But let's go first. Uh, team up, Shane. Who is your team that that really impressed you this week? I think I think Nelly, maybe both of you have mentioned them in the past uh, in some form or fashion. I'm going to go Washington State. I mean, the Washington State uh, Cougars, Cam Ward, has been super impressive. Uh, a narrow victory over Oregon State, but this team has a bunch of running backs. Nakia Watson looked good. I mean, they have a ton of receivers. They finally put it together. I think Washington State's a really interesting team. Nelly, how about you? I was going to go Washington State. So uh, let's pivot to their Pac-12 counterpart, um, Oregon. I mean, they were heavy favorites against Colorado. They they blew that out of the water. That team's very, very legit. The offense is good. The offensive scheme is good. But the defense is good, too. I mean, they completely shut down Colorado. Um 
might be the best team in the Pac-12. It's tough to say, but they might be the most complete team at this point. They're strong offensively, but the defense is is not shabby either. Yeah, that's fair. Um, oof, I don't want to give too much credit to an okay team. It's kind of the the problem here. Um, I want to shout out. Ooh, let's let's go to the Mountain West. Um. I want to talk about Air Force. I think the Air Force, this is, and Nelly's already smiling because he knows I love starting players in college fantasy football out of the Air Force. Um, But I think this is a lot more complete of a team than we've seen from Air Force before, right? I think it was um, much more relying on a single player last year to kind of lead them. And I I think they're better. Now I think I think we probably see um Air Force winning this conference, which I think is exciting. Yeah, it's a good defense too. Love Air yeah. Force. Like th- I think they're just a much more solid team than they were last year, right? I think uh many players have gotten better. I think you have more uh weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Um I think when they play Fresno, I think it's going to be an, a, a great game. Which won't happen until the championship. So, Yeah. Yeah, Fresno, another good one. Good. Yeah. Good team. Uh, Shane, how about your uh, team down? I'm going to go UCLA. And I still like UCLA, but can only muster up one touchdown against Utah and lost 14 to seven. I mean, Dante Moore, the fresh true freshman quarterback is really good, but was not in this game against a legitimate defense. He still has a long way to go. I think a lot of people put the card before the horse. Um, they couldn't get the run game going. Carson Steele, TJ Harden, both under three yards of carry. You know, I like their receivers. Like I think they have good receivers, um, you know, but uh, J. Michael Sturdivant only had three catches. It was just UCLA isn't there yet. You know, and I think uh, I was definitely on the side of thinking, oh, this could be a, a contender. You know, you know, Dante Moore could be like this exceptional Caleb Williams, like true freshman. Uh, it's not there yet. Nelly, how about you? Uh, g- give me USC. I'll stay out west. Uh, USC led up twenty-eight points to Arizona State in their third-string quarterback. Um, well, second-string quarterback, but. I don't know. I just don't think this is a team that can make the playoff at this point, despite Caleb Williams' greatness. Like, the offense was great. Marshawn Lloyd ran for over 100 yards. Caleb Williams was as good as ever. But, like, they're giving up 28 points to Arizona State. Um, It's just – this isn't a team that's going to hold up throughout the entire season. So, I don't know. For a team with playoff aspirations, I think this is not a good sign. Um, I'm going to avoid saying Minnesota here, um, though they deserve it. Um, I'm going to go to a team I uh, despise more than just about any other college football team. We're just going to go south of Minnesota. Like, Iowa was bad. Like, and like, I think we've watched enough college football and we've watched college football for years. Like, Iowa offense has never been good, right? This was worse. Like this showing, and you can say 
Kane, Penn State's very, very good, and I'm with you. But their lack of even being able to move the ball against Penn State, it just, they ran for 20 yards total, 17 carries, 20 yards. They had six completions. They were six for 16 for 56 yards. And I know you're curious. You'll say, hey, Kane, what does that actually average out to? That is a dismal 3.5 yards per completion. Um, I am very excited for their offensive coordinator to be fired, but at the same time, I'm a fan of the Gophers, so I would love for their offensive coordinator to stay. Um, they're atrocious. Like, top to bottom, this game was awful for Iowa for the Iowa Hawkeyes. It's tough, tough to tough to fire your son when he's the offensive coordinator. That's <laughs> why they have to write it into the contract. <laughs> right. And real quick, like Penn State wasn't even that good. Like their offense was fine, but it wasn't like electric. They just had to the raw number of plays that they were able to run in good field position because of how yeah. incompetent Iowa's offense was. Uh, they had to score points. Like it would have been harder not to. Yeah. Like, and it's not like they were under four yards a carry as a team. So, not like exceptional, Penn State. They threw for under five yards of completion. Like, it's not like their offense was, was humming. Right. But when you have the chance to, I don't know, run it 57 times and throw the ball 40 times, um, you're probably going to score points. <laughs> like you're running almost 90 plays, right? Like, what are you supposed to do? So I, I don't know, th- just dismal, dismal for Iowa. Like that big 10 West is atrocious. Rough. Um, let, let's move into our, uh, what is it? Week four victory lap. Shane, who are we uh, victory lapping this week? I'm going to stick to the same game. I'm going to victory lap a Penn State running back, and it's Katron Allen, who I, I've touted on the show, I think, for a year now. Eh, maybe not quite a year. Maybe like eight months now. Um, yeah, honestly, he's playing better than Nick Singleton is. Nick Singleton's still the better NFL draft prospect. He's much more athletic. But, I mean, Katron Allen has better vision. He's tougher. Uh, I mean, 21 rushes in that game against Iowa churned out yardage. He's averaging, I think, uh, a yard more per carry this season than Nick Singleton is. Um, receptions are pretty close to each other for both of these running backs. Like Nick Singleton being that far above Katron Allen, he should be above him, but that far above, I think, is starting to prove a, a little dumb. And uh, Allen is a legitimate NFL prospect. So I'm going to take a little victory lap on it. Nelly, who are you uh, victory lapping here? Uh, Texas running back Jonathan Brooks is a guy who I'm going to victory lap. Um, All offseason, Steve Sarkeesian said that he was going to be the guy running back. And I listened to Steve Sarkeesian, but a lot of people didn't want to listen to Steve Sarkeesian. A lot of people love Jadon Blue. Uh, A lot of people thought C.J. Baxter would come in and play instantly. And Jonathan Brooks is just too good right now to just hand the job over. He's put up over 100 yards in the past two games. He's involved in the passing game. Uh, he's been efficient on the ground. Uh, 
I mean, at this point, this is a guy who's like, he's starting to become a heavy prospect. He's not just uh, an ancillary name that we are annoyed about because he's blocking thought to be Debbie prospects off the field. Like he's just good at this point. He's six foot, 210 pounds can catch the ball. Uh, was a decent recruit. I mean, like, it's time to respect Jonathan Brooks as a Devi prospect. Uh, I probably have talked about this guy before since we started this format, but he's got to get a little more respect. Um, Troy Franklin is a guy that I've been high on for, what, year and a half, two years. Uh, always thought he's just an incredible, incredible player. So far this season, through four games, 25 receptions, 418 yards, five touchdowns. Like, he is a big play monster. And this is a team that spreads the ball around pretty well. I think Bo Nix does a good job of spreading the ball around on that offense. I think Troy Franklin, you have a guy with just that size. Like, he's also faster than you think he is. He's He does a really good job finding... Uh, open space he's good in man coverage he's good in zone like he's going to be a top 50 pick for sure and I think there's a chance that he sneaks into kind of that T Higgins pick range right early really early second round um he's he's just really really good and uh I think we gotta I got a victory lap him because he's he's kind of my boy um Shane give me uh one player you're monitoring this week well, I promise, Kane. I wrote this down before we did the second podcast. Uh, I, I'm gonna, I'm under Jalen Polk, wide receiver for Washington. Sure. I think he is maybe as good as Romeo Dunze. Now, Polk is not in this, you know, is not necessarily going to be in this draft class. He can come back for another year, but he's been there for four years. Six two, two oh four or higher yards per catch than Romeo Dunze has. They're kind of big, fast, complete playing in the slot. He's playing outside, like they're moving him around the formation more than Adunze and Jalen McMillan. Um, I, I think we got to watch this guy, and he might be a legitimate NFL prospect. We could have three Washington receivers maybe get drafted in the top 100 is a real possibility. Um, but I've been really impressed with him, and and not sure where the you know NFL draft community is going to fall on him. Nelly, who's uh, one player you are monitoring? Uh, I'm an, I was going to go Jalen Polk. This is frustrating. Shane keeps sniping me all day. I've had Jalen Polk's name written down for weeks. Sorry, I've been sorry. waiting for the right time to bring him <laughs> up. Um, all right, let's pivot. Andrew Anthony at Oklahoma has kind of seized the reins as the wide receiver one there. You might remember him from, uh, I think, two years ago at Michigan now. Broke out as a true freshman out of nowhere because he was not a high recruit. And freshmen don't break out at, at Michigan, but he, he had, a, I think it was a massive game in a, in a Michigan Michigan State game. Uh, has a lot of speed. And I talked about Oklahoma a little bit last week, but I, I think that's a strong team. Uh, they've got more conference play, Iowa State, so not strong, but the defense is decent. Uh, and Andrew Anthony, I think, is, uh, is another name to kind of continue to monitor. Uh, I want to go, believe it or not, to Georgia here. And uh, one player I want to I want to talk about is Dejan Edwards. Like, I'm I don't think anyone really knows, right? Like, who is going to be the main person in that backfield come deep into SEC time, right? But SEC play starts next week. Uh, it's Georgia versus 
I want to say Auburn, so it's not like it's going to be a super close game. Um, I suppose they did face South Carolina already, but I don't even count them part of the SEC, which kind of just trash. But um, as we start to get into like true SEC time, right, where they're going to have to run the ball a lot because Carson Beck's not that good of a quarterback. I want to know who that guy is, and I think it's going to be Dejon Edwards, and I think we're going to learn a lot this week um, because, you know, they're not going to continue to blow out their opponents like this come deep into SEC time, right? Um, You can only face so many UT Martins, Ball State, UABs on the roster um, before things kind of tighten up. So um, I I really want to see that that backfield and where uh, Edwards fits in. Shane, uh, feel free to comment on any of those guys or uh, move on to your guy here. No, I, I like uh, both those picks. I like Dejan Edwards, too. I think he will be the number one. Uh, you know, I, I'll go with an SEC receiver because South Carolina is in the SEC as my next guy, and that's Xavier Leggett. Um, you know, he, he put up week one against North Carolina, 178 yards, nine catches. I was like, okay, this is a flash in the pan. He does this against Georgia, seven catches, 71 yards. Eh, let's see if he can keep it up in SEC play. And then this past week against Mississippi State, five catches, 189 yards, two touchdowns. Like the legitimate wide receiver one there, 6'3", 230. He's big, and like he gets off the line quick. I'm just going to – returns kick, special teams guy. Uh, like that, That's the kind of person that gets drafted, you know, gets drafted day three, so I'm going to keep an eye on him. Nelly, how about you? Uh, I'll go with Jalen Hale, wide receiver at Alabama. True freshman, uh, kind of broke out this past game in a in a rank first rank win against Ole Miss. Had uh, had uh, I think only two catches, but uh, led the team in in yards and had a touchdown there. Alabama, I mean, we've been talking about it forever. Alabama is struggling at the wide receiver position, struggling in the sense of they used to just pump out elite prospect after elite prospect, and they've been kind of searching for that guy the past few years now. It just hasn't really happened, and I don't know. Maybe Jalen Hale kind of rides this wave of momentum, uh, continues to earn more playing time as a true freshman, and, and can be that next guy at Alabama. But I'm excited at the prospect there. Uh, I know this is crazy, but I'm going to talk about a tight end here. Um, I thought one of the better players on the field for the Ohio State Buckeyes, who finally decided to play physical, um, apparently Lou Holtz, what a time. Um, but, but I thought one of the best guys on the field for them was actually Kate Stover, their tight end. I thought every time that they needed like a big catch, like Kate Stover was open and he was able to get those catches, right. And he was able to, uh, come down with some cont- contested catches, be in the right spot, especially in zone, um, and, and beat some of those linebackers in man. So, Cade Stover, you know, it's not like he's had the loudest season. Obviously, with all the uh, great wide receivers on his team, it's kind of difficult to uh, fully break out. But just this season, 17 receptions through four games. uh, No, through three games. He didn't play in week two, I don't think. He he played. He didn't have a catch. Okay. Um, But... In any case, even through four games, 17 receptions. Look at what he did last year, right? 36 receptions over 400 yards. Like, he is a small part of this offense. Um, And, you know, 
I think we're looking at an NFL tight end. So if you, you know, if you're in um, a C2C league and you're at the point where like you don't really know what to do, but you can maybe trade um, potentially like a senior that's scoring a few more points, you might be able to pick, get like a Cade Stover and a pick. Uh, help your NFL side with Cade Stover and then help your your college side with the pick next year in a C2C league. I think that would be a a, a smart move. Any any comments on any of those guys? Love it. What, what are you picking a Buckeye? I love it. Well, they were finally physical. So Fine, well, it's, it's, it is easier to be physical when there's only 10 people on the field. Um, if we had that, every, if High State had that every play, they they beat Michigan. It'd be good. Yeah, they'd have a lot of touchdowns. Um, <laughs> stats were pretty good there. Uh, <laughs> Ten guys touchdown. Um, but let's let's go into this Debbie draft. I'm really curious to see how how things are going to go. This one we are going to include 2024 guys, um, unless unless you don't want to. I think this one we should do 2024 guys when we revisit after week eight. We'll pull out those 2024 guys. Maybe we'll have a separate rookie draft, um, something like that, in back-to-back weeks so we can kind of separate those guys out. But uh, for this one, we're only four weeks in, so I kind of want to include everyone together. As a reminder, Superflex, tight end premium. That's how we do things here. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and take the first pick since I'm already talking. Um, Give me Caleb Williams. He's the 101. Uh, He's very good. That's all there is. That's good. Whoever wants uh, to. Kelly, you, you want two? Sure, I'll take two. Uh, this yeah. is actually a change for me. I'll take Marvin Harrison Jr. here. Uh, I think with the uncertainty of who I assume will be the 103 with, with Drake May just not playing as well, uh, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is just safer at this point and this high in the draft that matters. I mean, he's probably the dynasty wide receiver three right now. Yeah, one of the three, I'll take Drake May, quarterback, North Carolina. I-, I tweeted, I think he's been a bit disappointing from our expectations, but no one else, I think, is even close to touching him at quarterback. So I'll take uh, Drake May here. I still think he gets top five draft capital. Um, at the 104, I think this is where we start to see things kind of shake up a little bit. Um, but I'm going to stick with my heart. It is tight end premium. I'm going to take Brock Bowers. I think he is still just such a talent. Um, I think hopefully he doesn't get, uh, as Nelly would call it, Kyle Pitts, but and just be on a team that doesn't want to throw him the ball. If you want to hear all of uh, Nelly's anger, you can go over to the uh, Discord and join the Secret Shopper program and uh, listen to that. That was fun. Um, but Brock Bowers, I think... Yeah, he's undersized, but he's also just an incredible athlete. Um, he's incredibly fast. He can catch the ball. He can run the ball. So I'm going to take him here. Um, I know he's going to end up being a very solid pick in the NFL draft, so I'm just going to go ahead and draft him at the 104. 105, I will go Braylon Allen. I think he's the leading candidate right now to be the top running back drafted. Um, Wisconsin running backs are pretty safe bets, generally speaking. And and the cool thing about Braylon Allen is he's been uber involved in the passing game this year in this new scheme, which wasn't a thing in the past. Um, it's 
he's this the production's just going to go up this year. I mean, Ches Malusi unfortunately just got hurt, but Braylon Allen's going to go from 15 carries a game to 25 carries a game. I, I feel pretty confident projecting that. So, and he'll do well with those extra carries. He's he's very talented. So, um, top running back on my board at this point in time. I feel like Allen's going to be like uh, there's going to be a, a disconnect. And the, uh, there's going to be people that hate him and people love him uh, when we get to the draft cycle. Um, I'm with you. I think it's a good pick. 106, even though I kind of bashed him early. Go ahead. I was just going to say that'll be the same argument that we can make about the people that actually watched him and the people that didn't. Yeah, that's fair. I think. Uh, <laughs> 106, even though I bashed him earlier in the show, uh, I'm going to take Nick Singleton, the running back from Penn State. I, he's, he's a high-end athlete. I think there's a nice floor there because of that. Though he struggled, I think his Penn State team's still going to be pretty good. He got another year of production. He could come in next year and beast. Worst case, I think you get Miles Sanders, you know, and I'll take that in Debbie all day for the career that Miles Miles Sanders has had coming out of Penn State. Oh, I don't know what to do here. Um This is gross. Uh, this is such a weird spot because some 2024 running backs just haven't performed or been hurt. And um, I'm going to take at the 107 Trevian Henderson. I think, sure, you can make the case that like any running back fits in that system. And you're probably right. Um, but to date, the best defense that they faced this year was Notre Dame. Who do they give the ball to when they need it? Right? It's Trevian Henderson. He had the big game. He's a solid running back. He can catch. He's had a lot of injuries so far in his career. But I think uh, he continues um, to not only do well this season, but I think he's going to test exceptionally well. Let's not forget that he was uh, the running back one in his class, right? He's super athletic. Uh, he's going to test well. NFL teams are going to love him. I'll stick with Ohio State at the 108. I'll take a Mika Ibuka, uh wide receiver. think he's still pretty safely the wide receiver too in that class. It might not turn out that way draft capital-wise, but confidence-wise, like he's easily the second most uh, confident I am in, in projecting a guy to get first round capital in that class uh, was the top recruit in that class at the wide receiver position and has, has performed um, pretty consistently alongside Marvin Harrison jr. Um, a, a slot guy, I would say he can play a little bit outside, but more of a slot guy for the NFL, but those guys score points in, in the, in the big league. So I'm not going to shy away from that. All right. I, I'm going to, take the the bane of Kane's existence here at the 109. I'm going to take Jurilar, quarterback for Penn State. I mean, the 2025 quarterbacks are wide open. If you can get the top guy in that class, then you're probably getting a top five NFL draft pick. I think Jurilar is the only one that's really showed anything that's, you know, uh, going to be a third-year player in that class. He has the arm. He has the athleticism. Maybe the stats aren't quite there yet, never will be really a Penn State with how they run the ball, but uh, I think NFL teams will like him. I think Alar could be a steal. 
I'm going to go at 110. This is uh, a big shakeup for my rankings. Um, I'm going to redo them soon. Um, my 110 here is Malik Neighbors. I think when you look at just what he's done this season and his ability and his, his athleticism, I think you're very clearly looking at a first-round draft pick in this coming class. And, um, like, he's six foot, 200 pounds, fast, strong, like, is just destroying people. Um, I'm taking him here at the 111, or excuse me, 110. Um, I feel pretty solid getting, if it's not a first round draft pick, you're at least getting top 50 draft cap. But I feel like first round is, is, feels pretty good for a guy like Neighbors. Forgot I was up. Uh, I know who I'm taking. I'm taking Evan Stewart, wide receiver at Texas A&M. I think he's the number one wide receiver in that 2025 wide receiver group, which is uh, coming on pretty strong this year. But Evan Stewart, shades of Garrett Wilson, the way he plays, the way he kind of like, I don't know, the way the way he, he, he gets yards after the catch and kind of regroups after he catches the ball. It's just it's very reminiscent of Garrett Wilson. Uh, has has exploded this year until he got a little nicked up um, for for Texas A and M, but easily Connor Wigman's top target there. Um, I, I love him as as the the top wide receiver in, in that class. One plus tricky. There's, there's a lot of guys, a lot of potential and downside. I'm gonna take Quinchot Judkins, the running back from Mississippi here. Has not started this season off as well as his true freshman season. Doesn't have a game with more than 60 yards rushing. Did look better against Alabama. Uh, probably his best game so far. He's catching the football. So I still think there's some upside, but some uh, heavy downside for him as well. Um, but I'll take the risk here. Uh, let's recap this first round. 101, Caleb Williams at USC. 102, Marvin Harrison Jr., the Ohio State University. 103, Drake May at North Carolina. 104, Brock Bowers at Georgia. 105, Braylon Allen at Wisconsin. 106, Nick Singleton at Penn State. 107, Trevion Henderson at the Ohio State University. 108, Emeka Buka from the Ohio State University. 109, Drew Alar from Penn State. 110, Malik Neighbors from LSU. 111, Evan Stewart from Texas A&M, and 112, Quinchon Judkins from Ole Miss. Um, this this is still a tricky spot here, I think, at the uh, 201. Um, I do a draft with my heart or with my brain, and you know me, I almost always draft with my heart. So I'm going to go with who I believe to be the best quarterback in the 26 class and that's Malachi Nelson. I think he is set up to have a very good uh, wide receiver crew when he starts next season, right? He's going to have Zachariah branch. Um, they're going to make sure that they surround him with every player that is going to help him succeed. So I'm going to take him at the two one here. I know it feels not great when there's still players on the board that will get some really solid 2024 draft capital. But I think, it's safer with Nelson right now than with, with some of these other guys. I'm going to stick with the 26 quarterbacks. I'm going to go the guy currently playing. I'm going Dante Moore, uh, quarterback at UCLA. Um, 
had his first, I would say, bump in the road this past week uh, against U- uh, Utah through a pick six, which I believe was the difference in the game. They lost by a touchdown. But he kind of rebounded well in the second half, really regrouped, uh, and is still at nearly 11 adjusted yards per attempt on the year, which is phenomenal for a freshman. Now they've got Pac-12 play coming up. It's not going to be all cupcakes like they had in the non-conference, but Pac-12 defense is not necessarily known for being stout. So I I, I think he will, there will be more bumps in the roads, but he's going to continue to learn. And ultimately like what he's shown so far is very impressive. 203. I'm going to stick to the 26 class, but no more quarterbacks. I'm taking Zachariah branch wide receiver for USC he has already shown himself to be an electric athlete, Reggie Bush-like return guy. Once they get the ball in his hands more in a year, uh, I mean, I think he's just going to zoom off the charts and maybe be a top five pick. Uh, Zachariah Branch is what we thought he was. Uh, Two hundred four. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I fear God. The analytics are great with this guy. Um, I'm gonna take Xavier Worthy. I think. I don't know if the analytics are great. I don't deal with numbers. Um, But I think Xavier Worthy is really, really solid. I think you're looking at another first-round draft pick uh, this year. And if he is similar in that vein to Devonta Smith, like, I know he's undersized. I know he's small. But uh, he's good at football. And we've seen it. Um, His ability to not only run fast, but um, find find space to catch the ball. I think Xavier Worthy, um, he's my guy here at the 204. I'll stick wide receiver at the 205. First time I've ever drafted Luther Burden at, at Missouri. Uh, wide receiver in the 2025 class. Uh, he's pretty close to Evan Stewart at this point. I mean, I, I was very low on him coming into the year because he, I would say, underperformed as a freshman considering the situation. Um and his usage was kind of weird, right? He didn't get he didn't get a lot of touches downfield, and that has changed this year. I mean, he's still getting a lot of manufactured touches, but that's in addition to regular wide receiver routes and snaps. Uh, he's been phenomenal this year, averaging over a hundred yards a game, well over a hundred yards a game. Um, and he, he's similar to Zach Branch, where he's just he's a phenomenal athlete in the vein of like Devo, where like this guy runs, this guy has the ball in his hands, and you don't think he's a wide receiver. He could play running back pretty easily. Um, so so the talent's there, and he's developing a little bit more of a refinedness to his game. The two hundred six, deciding between 24, 2024 running backs. Um, but I think I'm going to go with Trey Benson, the running back for Florida State. Once again, the, the stats aren't exceptional, uh, but was heavily used as a receiver against Clemson. I think the explosiveness and talent is there, is getting more NFL draft kind of buzz and hype over the rest of the 2024 running backs available here. Uh, I'm going to take my shot with Benson. At the 207, I'm going to take the guy that will be the third quarterback off the board in this next NFL draft. And like it or not, it's going to be Quinn Ewers. I think Quinn Ewers has had uh, a very good season so far. I think not only did we see him absolutely show out against Alabama, um, obviously when he was facing a lesser opponent like Wyoming, didn't really have to throw the ball at all because they just ran a lot. Um. But he's been solid, and 
Um, still no interceptions through four games. Um, has made smart choices with the football. I think he's better than than what we give him credit for, and I think the NFL is going to uh, appreciate him in this next draft class. I know Shane hates it, but here we are. Yeah, Quinn Ewers stinks. Two eight. Yeah, I will go with. <laughs> I'll go with his running back. I'll go with Cedric Baxter, CJ Baxter. I don't know which one he's going by at this point. Got a little nicked up this year, but he's he's looked very good in glimpses. I don't know if he ever takes the full workload this year as a true freshman, but it'll be his job at some point relatively soon. Um, and, and the town is the top running back in this class. He's he's a big back. He can catch the ball. He's a good athlete. Can kind of do it all. Um, so I think he's he's the the front runner for top back in that class. Two and nine. I'll go with Kane's boy Troy Franklin, wide receiver out of Oregon. He's been he was dominant against Colorado. Maybe the best player on the field with his two touchdowns. Uh, good deep threat who's bulked up and looks the part. I think he's going to get top seventy five draft capital with an outside shot at the first round. Uh, so, obviously, I believe that Quinn Ewers goes into the draft, and because of that, I'm drafting Arch Manning, who's going to be the starting quarterback next year for Texas, I think. And let's say he doesn't – let's say I'm wrong at the 207, that Quinn Ewers uh, falters at the end of this year or, or doesn't enter the NFL draft. Um, Arch Manning's going to start somewhere next year. I can just tell you that right off the rip. And whether that's Texas or whether it's not, uh, he's going to be starting for probably an SEC program next year without a doubt so like i whatever you want to say but um arch manning very very good player um i know we haven't seen him yet but um he's good it's funny because i i almost think opposite of you i think arch Manning's definitely starting for texas next year and if quinn Ewers goes back he'll be the one transferring and he will start somewhere else sure and like Ian, you can be either way right i think right. in reality it doesn't matter but, like, I just wanted to get the point that, like, Arch Manning is going to start next year. Like, yes. there's no, like, he sits he sits one more year. It doesn't happen. I just wanted to make sure that, like, that is very clear. 211, I'll go another true freshman. I'll take Carnell Tate, who, uh, at wide, or wide receiver at Ohio State, uh, has a touchdown already this year, has a handful of catches. Um, and I, I like Zach Branch. Cardinal Tate, I think, has uh, a little bit more traditional wide receiver to him. Uh, I kind of I, I like that. It feels a little bit less risky. And I, he's the next guy up there, right? Like Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mika Buka are going to be gone. That offense is still going to be relatively prolific. Um, and and Cardinal Tate, I think, will be at the the front of that. At the 212, I'll, I'll take a man who needs more respect. That's Will Shipley running back out of Clemson. I know Kane's tied of that rock before. 15 receptions already this season. You want a pass catching running back at the next level. You got it. Five star player who is the only good bright spot of Clemson's sorry ass offense this year. Um, Will Shipley is is doing things that he shouldn't be doing. I I wonder if he gets drafted a lot higher than the Debbie community thinks. Hell yeah. You know I'm with you there. 
Uh, 201, Malachi Nelson, quarterback at USC. 202, Dante Moore, quarterback at UCLA. 203, Zachariah Branch, wide receiver at USC. 204, Xavier Worthy, wide receiver at Texas. 205, Luther Burden, wide receiver at Mizzou. 206, Troy Benson, running back at Florida State. 207, Quinn Ewers, quarterback at Florida. Oh, Jesus. Texas. Texas, not Florida. Uh, 208, C.J. Baxter, running back at Texas. 209, Troy Franklin, wide receiver at Oregon. 210, Arch Manning, quarterback at Texas. 211, Carnell Tate, uh, wide receiver at the Ohio State University. 210, Will Shipley, running back at Texas. And I feel really gross. I drafted three Texas guys in a row and then even forgot where they went to school. So um, I feel pretty disgusting. But let's rip through one more round pretty quick. I want to at least get 36 players um, on here. So um, 301, um, I'm going to go with the guy that uh, doesn't feel great. But I'm going to take Raheem Sanders or Rocket Sanders, the running back at Arkansas. I think like he's still a solid player. I know he did not look great in the one game. Um, but then he got hurt. I think the question is, do we see him this season? I don't know. You know, I hope that he's coming back at least a little bit, but um, he's a solid player. And I th- think, I think the NFL is still going to like him. I'll take Roma Donze at the three two wide receiver at Washington. Um, I mean, we talked about the fact that they have a lot of wide receiver talent there, but I think Donze is the, the strongest of the group. Uh, big guy. There's not a lot of big guys in this cl- in this upcoming draft class. Um, and he returned a punt for a touchdown this this week. So like, there's there's some athleticism there. Three hundred three. I'm gonna take the running back. I actually think I wouldn't do it. But will be the first running back drafted in the 2024 NFL draft. And that's Blake Corum, running back for Michigan. Donovan Edwards has been absolute garbage, and Blake Corum has been phenomenal. For Michigan, yet again, was a high spin contender last year. You may not like him. He's small. He's agile. Maybe he's not that fast, straight line. The NFL is going to love Blake Corum. Uh, so get, get on board. Um, I'm going to I'm going to dip into a guy that I have a feeling like, especially after this week, um, will be a top 50 pick. And that's our boy, Keon Cole, man. Uh, down at Florida State, um, he, he's good. He is good. Um, he does a lot better when teams don't double cover him every, every single play. But he's an exceptional athlete. Um, I like him. I think he's very fun to watch, and, and he's going to be a great great NFL wide receiver. 305, I'm going to take Jackson Arnold, another true freshman quarterback at Oklahoma. Is the kind of lowest profile of the five stars, but he's been phenomenal in garbage time this year. He's going to be the starter at Oklahoma next year, who's going to be in the SEC. He's the most athletic of the uh, of the freshman quarterbacks as well. Um, I'm, he has he's thirteen for fifteen on the year, two touchdowns. I mean, over over ten yards per attempt, fourteen adjusted yards per attempt. Tiny sample size, but like. It, the stage has not been too big for him so far. I think once he's the full starter there in that offense, it, it, he's just going to continue to produce, and, and he has the tools. 306, I talked about him earlier. Uh, I got to take him. I'm going to take Keytron Allen running back for Penn State. already talked about him enough on this podcast. Finally, we don't have to hear about him anymore. <laughs> uh, no, um, oof. 
this puts me in a little bit of a pickle here. Um, I was actually going to take him. Um, oof. I'm just looking through my ranks, and A, I have to redo them, and B, this is where I feel like it's a chasm. Like, there's just so many players that you can take um, that you can justify here. Um, I'm going to take the uh, freshman running back at Alabama. And, and, like, I know that he hasn't really shown out, right? Um, Justice Haynes, he's at four carries. Uh, but he's still really good. Um, I think we saw, you know, him at least be in a game for Alabama as a freshman. That's kind of important. Um, we don't see that a ton with Alabama running backs. So um, I'm just going to hope that uh, he continues to be in some games later on this year. And, and uh, you know, hopefully have a shot next year. I like that pick. Oh. Is it me? I think it's me. Oh, it is me. Sorry. Got confused yeah. by our private chat. 308, I'll take Nico Iamalieva, Um, last of the freshman quarterbacks. Uh, Nico's at Tennessee. Uh, very limited reps this year, but Joe Milton has uh, not panned out as expected. He had a little bit of a bounce back week this past week, but ultimately I think Nico's the starter by, by season's end, or at least is getting more reps. And wicked arm talent, right? So... Like, you just got to put together a system super quarterback friendly. Um, there's a lot of upside there. 309, I'm going to take Barry and Brown, wide receiver for Kentucky. Still an electric athlete. Finally had a good game this past week, kind of falling off, but uh, I think he'll bounce back. Uh, 310, I'm going to take Tech McMillan out at Arizona. I think he's just a really, really solid wide receiver, and he's getting the targets. He's done well with them. Um, I think the NFL is going to like him. All right, last pick for me at 311. I will take Jonte Cook, wide receiver at Texas. Another true freshman, um, but has has made a few plays so far, has looked pretty electric. Um, they're going to have some turnover at wide receiver this year, but the quarterback play will probably continue to be good at Texas uh, in, in the upcoming years, and I think Jonte Cook will probably be at the lead of that. Uh, Shane, you want to uh, recap the third round for us and then uh, teach us something? Yeah, I'll, I'll make my three twelve pick first. Uh, I'll, I will take. Yeah, I'll, okay, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll take Bo Nix, uh, the actual third quarterback off the board for the twenty twenty four NFL draft. Um, yeah, so I think I think uh, I think he'll be pretty good. But third round, let's recap that. Uh, 301 is Rocket Sanders, running back Arkansas. 302, Rome Adunze, wide receiver Washington. 303, Blake Corum, running back Michigan. 304, Keon Coleman, wide receiver Florida State. 305, Jackson Arnold, quarterback Oklahoma. 306, Katron Allen, running back Penn State. Uh, 307, Justice Haynes, running back Alabama. 308, Nico Ayamaliava, quarterback Tennessee. 309, Barry and Brown, wide receiver Kentucky. 310, Tech McMillan, wide receiver Arizona. 311, Jonte Cook. Wide receiver Texas and 312 Bonix, quarterback of Oregon. For the history minute, uh, I'm going to talk about the government being crappy to women because that happens too often. But we're in Britain during World War II. Uh, you know, most people know during World War II, everyone's off to war. So all the men, so women were doing a lot of the jobs within 
the government within even the military in terms of administrative work, tending fields uh, and auxiliary corps, et cetera. You know, women kind of found that liberating. They could do the work, not at frills. We're doing it as well, if not better than men. The British government, though, was worried about what they called, quote, morale of women not, quote, looking their best for men while doing all these things. Women are, you know, working. So, um, so the British government started this propaganda campaign about keeping your, quote, beauty on duty and for to get women to wear makeup uh, while they were, you know, working during World War II, because that's what's important. One of the big problems was that makeup was heavily rationed during World War II. You couldn't buy it because the products used to make it were going to the war. So it was near impossible to get. So the government's telling women, you got to wear makeup. They can't wear makeup. Um, but, the, you know, there's fear from the government makeup manufacturers that, hey, women figure out, hey, you don't have to wear makeup. Like, they won't ever do it again. And, you know, we like women looking pretty. So um, they actually stated that if you don't wear makeup, you'll actually be supporting Hitler, which is a big statement to make for a government. And uh, Hitler actually hated makeup. He actually banned women wearing makeup in his presence. So it's actually the opposite uh, for that. Um, so, you know, most women still took to this. They would make their own makeup. They tried bolder looks. They could wear shorter skirts in terms of rationing. So there was some, you know, new fashion radicalization that happened. But just a weird government being crappy to women, as we always have too often in the world. God, that's awful. Um, let's just dive into our buys and sells here. Um, I'm I'm going to go first because I want to. Um, I'm going to buy Arch Manning. I, you know, everything that I talked about when when we drafted him, um, remember that we were kind of drafting him kind of that 111-112 spot last year, or, well, beginning of this year, right, uh, before the season kind of took off. And um, he's going to start somewhere. Arch Manning's good. Uh, he's a good player. Um, so I think we're at a time where if someone is looking at maybe some of these other guys that you know some of these wide receivers something like that but you want to take the chance on on an arch manning um go ahead and make that trade i think i think some people will be really interested in that because they're finally realizing that uh three years is a long time to wait in a debbie league um it's a real long time so um go and send those offers out for arch manning um my sell right now is uh is unfortunately a guy that Shane drafted. It's Trey Benson. I, 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 I've seen a few Florida State games. And I just don't think, and you can say that the Florida line, Florida State offensive line for for run blocking is is um, subpar. I think is the nice way to put that. Um, but I don't think he's he's kind of should be included in in some of these lists that we kind of see him in, um, kind of. I think he's a little overdrafted at the 206 for me personally. Um, before he was drafted, he was already my sell, so I have to stick with it. But um, I think you're going to see a lot of people hyping him up, especially as we move into, uh, you know, if he has a couple good games, I think you're definitely going to see it a lot. Um, and you're going to have an opportunity to sell him for, you know, I'd rather sell him for a Troy Franklin, for a, a C.J. Baxter, for um, some of these guys that were drafted behind him. I'd rather have Will Shipley than Trey Benson. Um, so that that's kind of where I'm at right now. Um, my unknown 
um, is is uh, Nelly's boy, Connor Wegman. Like, I think he's been solid in some games. I think he's struggled in in, a, in some games. And I think at the same time, you add in this injury, this lower leg injury, and I'm very curious, uh, kind of, is he able going to be able to bounce back? Um, what what is he he going to do here? So I'm pretty curious there. Um, Shane, how about you? Yeah, my buy. Uh, I'm I'm gonna talk Blake Corum again. I, I think he is someone that the Debbie community is too low on. There's a buy opportunity with a sell opportunity later when the draft capital looks likely. Kendra Miller, uh, I, I I'd maybe sell for Blake Corum. Maybe you could sell Quinn Johnston for Corum in a pick. You know, something like that. Um, my sell, even though I drafted him, is still Nick Singleton. I have some worries. I think you can trade him if you're in a run. Trade him for an Austin Eckler, for a Saquon Barkley when he comes back. You know, when those guys come back from injury, make a run. And I, I don't think you'll necessarily regret it. And my, my unknown is Shudder Sanders. You know, he was getting a lot of hype. Mel Kuyper, he'd be the top quarterback in, you know, 2024, 2025. Like, he, he could be that guy. Was not good against Oregon. You know, what's going to happen the rest of the way? I think he can still look good in a lot of these games. Um, you know, so I wonder, we didn't draft him. Is he someone that's worth drafting? Uh, I'm not quite sure. For sure. Nelly, how about you? Uh, I'll start with my buy. My buy is going to be Parker Jenkins, who's a true freshman running back at Houston. He just he broke onto the scene this past week, put up uh, 100-plus yards and, and three touchdowns, caught a couple passes as well. Uh, and has already been named the starter moving forward. He was 5'11", over 200 pounds as a true freshman. Um, dude's pretty legit. I mean, he's someone who I am looking to buy into, more specifically on C2C waivers, uh, now before the buzz starts to increase. Um, my unknown is going to be Jawar Jordan running back at Louisville, uh, who is explosive. I mean, so many just – breakaway runs uh extremely good college running back i'm curious as to whether that's just a college thing or if maybe this is something that would carry over to the next level you know like he's someone who i've never really thought about much from a debbie perspective until uh he kind of transferred the flashes that he shoot he showed last year into like in every game sort of thing for louisville this year um, but he, he is, he's so explosive. It's almost at this point hard not to see it transferring over. He's just a little small. Um, my cell, I, I can't remember if I sold him last week, but I think it's important to emphasize the fact that you need to be selling Donovan Edwards right now. Um, it, it's hard to fathom being unsuccessful behind this Michigan offensive line, but he just doesn't seem to be able to find holes. Um, I don't know what exactly is going on there, but I just uh, the talent for just basic running back things is is missing uh, to an extent. So the name value is still there. Uh, I would be selling for for what you can get at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, that is it for us here at the Debbie Marketplace. I mean. Make sure you join the Discord. It's completely free. Uh, where you're listening to this, just click on the link and uh, join the Discord. But on behalf of Shane Nelly and myself, thank you so much for listening, and we appreciate every single one of you.